Good morning. President Biden and the UFOs, what are they? Where are they from? United States military bases span the globe. Are they a danger to humanity? And Israel and the bomb. With these and other stories, I'm Paul DiRienzo with the news for Friday morning, February 17th, 2023. One or more witnesses committed perjury, says a special grand jury investigating former President Donald Trump for demanding from the Georgia Secretary of State that all I want to do is this. I just want to find 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have. Trump said during the call, because we won the state. Portions of the special grand jury's final report were released on Thursday, advising Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis to seek appropriate indictments for such crimes where the evidence is compelling. But the released sections of the report are silent on key details, including the names of targets for specific prosecutions. Trump never testified before the special grand jury, so he's probably not among those who may have perjured themselves. The former president is also under investigation by the U.S. Department of Justice for holding classified documents at his Florida estate. And President Joe Biden said Thursday that the United States is developing sharper rules to track, monitor, and potentially shoot down unknown flying objects. Biden's speech followed three weeks of dangerous posturing sparked by the discovery of a suspected spy balloon that may have originated in China. Biden also said three subsequent objects shot down over Alaska, northern Canada, and Lake Huron are more likely benign objects. We acted out of an abundance of caution and an opportunity that allowed us to take down these, these objects safely. Our military and the Canadian military are seeking to recover the debris so we can learn more about these three objects. Our intelligence community is still assessing all three incidences. They're reporting to me daily and will continue their urgent efforts to do so, and I will communicate that to the Congress. We don't yet know exactly what these three objects were, but nothing, nothing right now suggests they were related to China's spy balloon program or that they were surveillance vehicles from other, any other country. The intelligence community's current assessment is that these three objects were most likely balloons tied to private companies, recreation or research institutions studying weather or conducting other scientific research. The downing of the Chinese surveillance craft was the first known peacetime shootdown of an unauthorized object in U.S. airspace. But Biden said he didn't expect the incident to or the incidents to harm relations with China, although the president says he makes no apologies. We seek competition, not conflict with China. We're not looking for a new Cold War. But I make no apologize. I make no apologies and we will compete. And we'll, be res we'll responsibly manage that competition so that it doesn't veer into conflict. This episode underscores the importance of maintaining open lines of communication between our diplomats and our military professionals. Our diplomats will be engaging further, and I will remain in communication with President Xi. Balloons have apparently become a major threat to U.S. security. Representative Jim Himes of Connecticut, the ranking Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee, said he expected the United States would keep its radar systems set to detect slow-moving balloons as well as fast-moving aircraft and other possible intruders. 
Earlier this week, the United States renewed its warning the military would defend Filipino forces if attacked in the South China Sea after a Chinese Coast Guard ship allegedly hit a Philippine patrol vessel with a military-grade laser, briefly blinding its crew. China claims the South China Sea virtually in its entirety, putting it on a collision course with other claimants. Chinese naval forces have been accused of using military-grade lasers previously against Australian military aircraft on patrol in the South China Sea and other spots in the Pacific. But despite aggressive actions by China, the country projects a tiny fraction of the power available to the United States. One measure of that power is the number of military bases both countries maintain outside their borders. The United States has the most, with 750 foreign bases in 80 countries. China has just five military bases. In a recent Newsweek article, a U.S. admiral suggested the balloon attributed to China may have signaled frustration over a deal allowing the U.S. access to several military bases in the Philippines. A professor at American University, David Vine, works with the Overseas Base Realignment and Closure Coalition. The United States built up the largest collection of overseas military bases in world history during World War II and maintained uh, an infrastructure of bases around the world after the war and to this day. Uh, there are currently around 750 U.S. military bases abroad outside the 50 states in Washington, D.C., as uh, colleagues of mine in the Overseas Based Realignment and Closure Coalition and I have shown 750 U.S. bases abroad in around 80 countries and colonies. And that's still more bases than any people, nation, or empire in world history. And it's actually helpful to compare to China. China has about eight foreign bases right now, one in Djibouti and uh, several others on uh, human-made islands in the South China Sea. Right. And uh, Near their own territorial waters. Not, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Meanwhile, the United States has recently announced that it will be deploying U.S. forces to four more bases in the Philippines, where it also never really left uh, the Philippines Senate and the people of the Philippines kicked the United States out of some major bases that had stayed there after Philippines independence from the United States. The Philippines, of course, was a colony of the United States. They gained their independence in 1946, but the U.S. military maintained massive bases there until 1992. But then after getting kicked out, found ways to start returning to the Philippines really within just a few years. And uh, since 2014, the U.S. military at least has been occupying five military bases in the Philippines, and now the U.S. administration announced it's going to deploy forces to four more in the Philippines, uh, even closer to China's borders within a few hundred miles. And this is precisely the wrong move that the Biden administration is taking. Uh, there are already, by the Pentagon's own count, 313 U.S. base sites in East Asia, 313. Uh, the idea that we need four more uh, really makes no sense, is tremendously wasteful and costly. Uh, we could be spending that money better. And even worse, mm -hmm. encircling China further with bases only encourages China to respond militarily. It only is increasing the threat posed to China and ramping up military tensions, which are already in a frightening place. Right, and, and the uh, Philippines has, the as, you, as you have described, the Philippines has always been an aircraft carrier for U.S. operations against Asian 
rivals, Japan, Vietnam, Subic Bay, the bases you mentioned were the major bases from uh, which the United States uh, launches war against North Vietnam. That's exactly right. In addition to an array of other bases in, in Japan and other parts of the region. But yes, the Philippines has been an important part of a war fighting platform. Uh, and uh, these, the addition of these new bases clearly is intended to threaten China when the United States should be moving in a completely different direction. That is engaging China diplomatically and finding other ways, non-military ways to engage through diplomatic, political, economic, cultural, educational uh, forms of engagement, not building up a military presence that is already way too large and, and dangerous. Because again, it's encouraging China to build up its own military forces in response and risking uh, even an accidental military clash between China and the United States that could easily spiral out of control into a nuclear war. Let's remember, we're talking about the two most powerful countries on Earth and mm. two nuclear-armed powers that could literally end human existence on Earth. Right. Uh, a, a nuclear war between the two powers could kill not, not just millions, billions of people um, and endanger human existence on Earth. What I'm, I'm raising here is that the structure of a massive Western Pacific war is being put into place by the United States. That's precisely right, except they apparently haven't learned anything from the past. They do indeed appear to be preparing for war, which should be profoundly frightening to us for the reasons I outlined, the danger of nuclear war, of ending human life on Earth, when the Biden administration and the larger so-called national security bureaucracy should be working to find ways to ensure that a war never comes to pass, um, rather than building up this infrastructure for war. We need to choose a different direction. And that's why I, I think in this moment, people in the United States really need to ask themselves, do we want a war with China? Do we want a war that could become a nuclear war and end human existence? I, most of the people in the United States do not want such a war. Most of the people in China don't want such a war. There are, unfortunately, people in the national security elite, the, the so-called foreign policy blob, and in the military-industrial complex who are making a killing, literally in some cases, fear-mongering about China. And similarly in China, there are some leaders who are clearly pursuing military and aggressive steps, especially when it comes to Taiwan, that are scaring others and helping to ramp up military tensions and the risk of war. What I've read about these bases and, and heard about them is uh, they're not always all military, that they provide uh, sort of R&R for the upper class officers and stuff. They're, they encompass golf courses and Mari Lago style resorts and things like that, that a lot of this is to provide uh, people in the upper echelons of the military a very comfortable life. Indeed, the 750 bases abroad, uh, generally speaking, provide a very cushy lifestyle for U.S. military personnel, and that comes at a cost. Uh, people aren't generally aware that the United States is spending about $80 billion a year, billion with a B, $80 billion a year maintaining bases and troops abroad, and that's a larger bu budget than for the State Department, and that shows precisely 
where our priorities are totally misplaced uh, when we should be closing bases abroad, a long outdated Cold War and World War II era strategy, and building up our diplomatic presence abroad, our embassies, our, our diplomats, our consulates. Uh, it helps to compare the 750 bases, compare that to the 276 odd U.S. embassies, consulates, and missions. That's uh, shows how dramatically deformed our foreign policy has become. It's become really hijacked by members of the military-industrial complex and this foreign policy blob that have hijacked our relations with other countries and are not just endangering our lives, but endangering, again, human existence on Earth by risking the possibility of a nuclear war between the United States and China. This is something we all must push back on and demand that, that U.S. leaders and Chinese leaders pursue a different path, a path of cooperative, certainly challenging, peaceful coexistence and cooperation around the real threats that face us, like global warming and pandemics and global poverty. David Vine works with the Overseas Base Realignment and Closure Coalition. In more international news, shortly before human rights advocate and South African Archbishop Desmond Tutu died in December 2021, he penned an article headlined, Joe Biden Should End the U.S. Pretense Over Israel's Secret Nuclear Weapons. In it, the Archbishop noted the United States was in violation of its own laws, specifically the ban introduced by Senators Stuart Symington and John Glenn, banning U.S. economic and military assistance to countries that spread nuclear weapons. Tutu referred to evidence Israel had sold nuclear technology to the apartheid government of South Africa. D.C. journalist Sam Husseini was at a news conference with State Department spokesperson Ned Price, asking Price if the U.S. was violating its own laws by aiding Israel. Are you not in violation of the Glenn Symington amendments to the Arms Export Act? We, we, we follow the law in all instances, yes. You have to specify, you have to give me more information than that. It says that there should be a cutoff of U.S. aid to a country that uh, proliferates nuclear weapons or the president can issue a waiver. There has been no information of any sort of waiver. Have there been any waivers? I'm, I'm not familiar with the details of this law, but I can tell you that uh, we follow I'm the law in, details. In, I'm in, about in, the every, in every instance. Go ahead. I'm talking about the core of the law. Are you? I'm citing a law, and you're not responding to any specifics on this specific law. I, I, again, I'm not familiar with the details of this law. On this? I'm not familiar with the details of this law, but uh, of course, we, on this specific uh, if, if we have anything to share on this law, we'll, we'll let you know. Yes. Israel practices what it calls nuclear ambiguity and has not revealed its nuclear stockpile. A defense intelligence report leaked in 1999 estimated Israel had between 60 and 80 warheads. And the recent balloon sightings have transfixed Americans with talk of UFOs, the former military term for what are now being called unidentified aerial phenomenon, or UAPs. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre felt moved to publicly deny the objects were from outer space. And one thing before I turn it over to the Admiral, I just wanted to make sure we address this from the White House. I know there have been questions and, and concerns about this, but there is no, again, no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Again, there is no indication of aliens or terrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Wanted to make sure that the American people knew that, all of you knew that, uh, and it was important for us to say that from here because we've been hearing a lot about it. 
Um, I, I, I'm not. Would you tell us? I'm just, you know, I loved E.T., the movie, but I'm, I'm just going to leave it there. Um, UFOs entered the public imagination in the years following 1947, when an object first reported as unearthly in nature, accompanied by stories of recovered extraterrestrial bodies, fell to Earth near Roswell, New Mexico. The military later said the remains were from a weather balloon. A representative of the Fund for UFO Research is Rob Swatek. He's been studying UFOs for more than two decades. He says the balloons can't be UFOs because the military was able to shoot them down. I'm not sure we're dealing with the traditional UFOs. Right? I'm quite prepared to believe these are weather gadgets or Chinese devices or Iranian devices or Russian devices or something that have been floating around. They could be the real thing. Okay, so but we, we don't really know. No one's making the differentiation. They don't want to go into the real UFO phenomenon that's had tens of thousands of sightings over 70 years all over the world, including military installations and top secret facilities and stuff like that. Wasn't there recently a report based on the UFO sightings, whatever the new name they give to them are, past few years, but previous to what's been happening in the last few weeks, in which they said that they had sort of narrowed it down to a smaller number of sightings that were absolutely unverifiable? You are correct. The intelligence community came out with the second report a month or so ago, and they said they had now 510 cases and they couldn't explain 46 percent of them of a rather large number those objects they haven't given us any details about but they've apparently ruled out balloons and all the obvious other explanations that can be used for these people terrified by the new scientific discoveries of that era jets nuclear weapons things like that that never existed before terrifying people making people see things in space the rise of science fiction movies and things like that why isn't it that kind of thing the best sightings have been from Un- unimpeachable witnesses or have been radar pickups or things that have been seen from 30 or 40 feet away. They're not just vague lights in the sky. We have the rise of this, the modern day phenomenon, which you are correct. We can find correlating cases in earlier decades. But for simplicity, I just say the modern UFO phenomenon began in 1947 when a pilot sighted nine objects near Mount Rainier in Washington state. And that sighting has been parsed 10 ways from Sunday, and no one can really explain what he saw. There are many, many, many more cases like that. The best ones are close-up sightings from mere feet away. Sometimes they leave traces on the ground. Sometimes they reflect radar waves, and planes have been able to chase them to no avail. Sometimes they affect people physically. This is a real phenomenon, and that phenomenon hasn't been explained. How is that different from these, at least three or four years now, we've seen this uptick. Mm -hmm. The DOD felt compelled to write a report, and where they found almost half of them were still unexplained. We had this incredible event in 2017 with uh, Ralph Blumenthal and Leslie Kane coming out with this article in the New York Times that's centered around an incident that occurred in 2004 with the the Nimitz aircraft carrier and the pilots who saw these strange so-called Tic Tac objects. That re-stimulated interest at least in the general public and in the media, to look into what what had always been going on, at least since World War II. And we had these FLIR videos, which we've all seen hundreds of times, that resulted from the pilots taking these photographs of the objects. So that got Congress involved, and they put the National Defense Authorization Act, came out with that, and they put stipulations in there that now the government had to look into these things and report back to Congress every year on what they were finding.
we've had this uptick since 2017 now, this renewed interest and focus on the subject that had always been going on. All of a sudden, we have a much more worldly, highly educated population that isn't as easily bamboozled by fake lights in the sky. When these sightings in the wake of World War II were seen, the first reaction of most people was not that these objects were spaceships from another planet or aliens. The feeling basically was that they were top-secret test devices of either the U.S. or the Soviet Union. When they did early Gallup polls on the subject in the late 1940s, the extraterrestrial explanation was very low down. 1%, 2% of the respondents thought it was that. So people didn't jump to this, this hypothesis. When the military looked into these sightings and came out with top secret documents back in the 40s that have since been declassified, their conclusions were rather astounding. They did consider the fact that they could be objects from Russia or objects from our own arsenal. And they ruled those out in their documents, saying they weren't U.S. test devices. And they had astounding paragraphs in there like, these devices seem to be, have an aeronautical prowess that's beyond our current technology. And they didn't think they came from Russia. And that's where they left it. The top people in the military establishment back in the late 40s did not know what was causing these sightings that were being seen by their own military pilots and outmaneuvered their aircraft. It flew circles around them almost literally with impunity, just like they do today. There's no difference. Right. And I think what they try and say now, it could have been light reflections, radar reflections, like a reflection seems to move faster than the speed of If you see a reflection on a radar screen, it might seem like it's moving very fast, but it's really just a reflection that's closer than it seems. So it's not moving as fast as you think it is. People who man radar scopes, if they're fooled by reflections, off objects, then we're in trouble with flying in airplanes because then they can't differentiate between real civilian aircraft and reflections. But that's not the case. The civilian air traffic controllers can easily distinguish distinguish between anomalous propagation and reflections from the surfaces of real aircraft. They guide tens of thousands of aircraft to safe landings in the U.S. every day. And they're not fooled by birds or they're not fooled by odd reflections on radar scopes. They know what these look like, and they can rule them out. We'd be in trouble. You wouldn't want to fly, or I wouldn't want to fly in air, airplanes, because we'd, we'd think, oh, my God, these people don't know what they're looking at on their radar scopes. They might guide us into another airplane. What is your assessment of these, the spate of shootdowns in the last few days, which is quite interesting, because they never did shoot them down before? Correct. True UFOs, whatever they are, don't seem to be capable of being shot down as easily as these things were. I have two opinions. The recent objects are seem to be man-made devices of some kind. <laughs> You're right, they haven't identified them yet, but they were easily shot down. They seem to be some kind of metallic objects constructed by humans. The true UFO phenomenon, in my opinion, has a non-human source. I don't know where, I don't know why, I don't know what, but I don't think it's, it's a non-human intelligence. And we've been dealing with this now for, as you noted, probably well before World War II. But we continue to be bedeviled by these kind of sightings, the true UFO sightings. People don't laugh at this stuff anymore. It used to be a joke. It ain't a joke anymore. It never has been, Paul. It's always been serious. When people see a thing hovering over their house and it's cigar-shaped or it's the shape of a disc or a saucer or something like that, they're not seeing a bird. It's not a balloon. It's not a star. They're terrified by these things. Military people see them as well as average citizens all across this country and the world. MUFON gets four to 5,000 cases per year of UFOs, and they can't explain maybe 15 to 20% of those. 
So that's a rather high number of cases. And the objects behave in particular ways. They don't fly like airplanes. I have to deal with what we have at hand, and that's the seeming evidence of some kind of odd craft that have been behaving with impunity in this country and other countries around the world for 75 years at least. And we haven't come to grips with that yet. Rob Switek is a representative of the Fund for UFO Research. And the National Weather Service says it launches about 60,000 high-altitude balloons every year. They're used to study global weather, usually higher in the atmosphere than the objects recently downed by the U.S. military fluet. In 2022, the Pentagon reported that sightings of unidentified aerial phenomenon, UAPs, tripled to about 510, the largest number ever. Another 768 were reported in Canada. More than half of the U.S. sightings remain a mystery. And last weekend, and finally, last weekend, the National Football League's 57th Super Bowl saw a nail-biter pitting the Kansas City Chiefs in a 38-35 win over the Philadelphia Eagles. Famous for its multi-million dollar ads shown to over 100 million viewers, this year the spectacle's famous halftime show featured the popular singer Rihanna, who used the occasion to showcase her seven-month baby bump, and in a motion, maybe calculated for controversy, a little scratch and sniff. That was weird. And that's some of the news for Friday morning, February 19, 2023. The news was produced by this reporter. You can listen to the news at paulderienzo.com. From New York City, I'm Paul Durienzo. Thanks for listening.